Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that today's message will challenge and inspire you to pursue Jesus and to love people to life. Good morning. Hey, so we've been in a new series. Pastor Gary started it a couple weeks ago. Um, talking about the new, right? Talking about the new. How many of you like getting new stuff? Right? Don't act like you don't, right? It's okay to admit that you like new stuff. It's okay. Like new phone, you know, you love getting a new phone. You hate the learning curve of getting the new phone, but you love the new phone. Uh, new car, right? You love getting a new car, grabbing a hold of it, getting to drive it. You hate the learning curve of the new car sometimes, especially if it's got one of those screens that yours didn't used to have a screen or like your phone connects to it and your old one the phone didn't connect to. Right? You love, we love new stuff. We, it's fun. For me, right, I am a big, uh, I'm a big golfer. I love new stuff. If I want new, I want new golf clubs. I got really excited because for Christmas, I got new golf clubs, all right? So these are two seven irons. These are my old clubs. These are my new clubs, right? And everybody sitting out there is looking at me, and if you're not a golfer, you're looking at me and going, what's, what's the difference, right? They're golf clubs, What's the difference? There's, there's a lot of differences, right? This one's three quarters of an inch longer than this one. This one's got an extra stiff shaft. This one has a stiff shaft. This one's a forged, a forged head. This is a cavity back. There, and to anybody who's not a golfer, you're sitting here, you're like, you just lost me. If you're going to talk like this the rest of the morning, I am not going to pay attention to another word that you say. Where's my phone? Right? But we all have gotten new things in life that we've had to get used to. And I'm going to let you guys in on a secret right now. These are the new clubs. I hate these. (laughs) I hate them with a passion. The reason I hate them is because I can't hit them. Scott and I played golf a couple weeks ago. You can ask him. We, We played before that. We played, you know, the year before. And I could hit my irons pretty well. I cannot hit these like I hit these. But what I did is, is back in September, I went to a guy who fits you for the golf club that you should be using. He measures how tall you are. He measures how long your arms are. He measures how big your hands are. He gives you different shafts and different heads, and you sit there and you hit golf balls for, I love golf, and by the end of getting fitted, I was sick of hitting golf balls. I was tired. My arms hurt. My back hurt. My hips hurt. I didn't, there were muscles that I uh, used that I didn't know I used that I was sore and I was tired and I was done. But then he said, here's what you need, right? And I've switched over to these and I'm determined to learn how to hit them couple of differences, and this is all going to, I promise you this will all tie in later. I promise it will, and it's going to make sense, and you're going to learn stuff today. The head on this is much bigger than the head on this. This head is much more forgiving. I can hit the ball here. I can hit it here, here, here. I can hit it anywhere on the face, and it's going to go. On this club, I've got to hit it here, or it goes nowhere. If I don't catch it here, It doesn't go anywhere, except for maybe about 10 yards in front of me. And it is frustrating. 
it is frustrating. But the guy told me, he said, listen, he said, you are going to hate these your first year. You'll fall in love with them your second year. This is my new. And a lot of us go through the same thing where God has brought us to a place of something new. And it's frustrating because it's something that we're not used to. It's something that we're unsure of. It's something that we're uncertain of. It's something that in order for this to work, this has to change. In order for this to work properly, I've got to train. I've got to get better at making sure that I can use this properly, whereas this was extremely forgiving. This is not. Everything I'm saying is going to tie in, and you're going to look back and go, oh, that's how that tied in. I get it. Jumping into the Word of God, we're going to start in Isaiah 42, 8 through 9, and it says this. I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. See, the former things have taken place, and the new things I declare before they spring up into being, I announce them to you. In other words, God's going to tell you when he has something new for you. He's going to look and he's going to say, my name is the Lord. There's no other that will be praised. I'm going to bring new things so that my name can be praised even greater. So that my name can go even further. So that you can declare my glory. So that you can declare my greatness. See, for me as a golfer, I'm at a tipping point where I want to get better. In order to get better, I have to switch to something that is going to force me into that. And God is calling us to a place of looking for new opportunities in him, but that starts with something new happening in me. That starts with me being willing to step out when he is calling me to something new. When he is calling me to a place where he needs to make a change in me. In Ezekiel 36, 25 through 27, it says this, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. In other words, we came to Christ and God began this transformation inside of us. There, there's, there's two words that go along with this, justification, right? And not all of you are like, what in the world does that mean? It's a legal term. It's justified. Think about it that way. Justified. My parents used to teach me as a kid, it's justified, never sinned. That's what God did in me. He looks and goes, your past is forgiven. It's under the blood. It's covered. It's washed away. And now I begin the process of sanctification, or in other words, starting to look more like Christ. Starting to take a journey of looking more like him, of being more like him, the process of walking alongside of him and allowing the Holy Spirit to do a work in my heart of taking the character flaws that I have, 
of taking the sin issues that I have, of taking a stony, stubborn, hard heart and making it new. Well, the only way that can happen is if I look at God and I say, God, I am committed to the new. I'm committed to going through this process with you because it's not going to be an easy process. It's going to require a lot of me being willing to step back and say, hardest thing for us to say a lot of times is look at God and say, I'm not right. My way is not the best way. God, you have a better way. And God, you know better than I do. That's a hard statement for us to make a lot of times because it's easier to walk in pride. It's, it's easier to walk in, in past ways. It would be very easy for me right now to just go to the golf course and take Old Faithful with me. Oh man, you don't know. And every time I play, people look at me and they go, are you going to bring the old clubs back? And I'm like, can you please stop asking me that? God, I will not give in to temptation. God, the Bible said, resist the enemy and he will flee from you. And I'm like, my golf partner's still here. You, what's, what's going on? And I'm tempted. I am. I really, really, oh, man, I'm frustrated with the way I've been playing. But I can't go back. Because if I go back, then I abandon the process that I've already started with the new. I, I, I abandon the, the, the process. I, I abandon the progress. I, I abandon how far I have come versus where I started. And, 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 and trust me, like, oh, it's so tempting to go back because it's so much more comfortable and it's something that I know and it's something that I've learned and it's something that I've leaned on and it's something that has got, like, it's gotten me to a pretty decent place. But if I want to get to where I need to go, I can't go back. I can't go back. I've got to keep moving forward and realizing that this stony, hard heart, this, this, this heart that, that, is, that is messed up and that, that needs God, I, I've got to keep giving it to him every day and saying, every day, God, take my heart. God, that you see the areas that my heart needs work God, you see the areas that my mind needs work. God, you see the areas where my tongue, where, where my actions, God, you, you see those things. And God, I lay them down before you and say, God, please restore in me a new heart. Please give me a, a new heart that desires to follow you, that desires to pursue your spirit, that desires to see change in my own life so that I can turn around and make change in my wife and I can turn around and make change in my kids and I can make change in my community and I can make change at my golf course and I can make change at God, please, God, I, I, I lay my heart before you and God, whatever you're calling me to, God, please just, just, just speak to my heart and make it a heart of flesh. I don't want a heart of stone that's hard anymore. God, I want to be malleable by your spirit. But if I keep the old around and these stay in my basement uh, they haven't come out of the basement. This is the first time it's seen a lot of day. I can start to see a little bit of like, you know, tarnish on the, on the shaft. And that kind of makes me happy because it means I haven't used it. I haven't touched it. 
But there's a lot of times where we've got to just completely remove that old to be able to walk in the new. Because if we keep the old around, it's still there. It's kind of like a couple months ago, Pastor Gary talked about with the dead flesh, that if you keep it around, everybody else can smell it, but you can't. It's kind of like when you don't brush your teeth, right? You don't brush your teeth. How often do you smell when you have bad breath? But yet everybody in the room around you can smell it. But it's true. Our nose blocks it out. Our nose can't smell the halitosis going on inside of there. But everybody in the room around us knows they did not brush their teeth today. Or maybe yesterday. Or maybe for the last week. When was the last time they had a dentist appointment? Because that might be the last time their teeth got cleaned. Pray for those people. Pray for everybody that's around them even more. But we've got to allow God to come and do a cleansing inside of us. We see the keys to this in Ephesians 4, through 24, and it says this, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. See, we're going through this process with God where the first thing we have to do is throw off the sinful nature. What does that mean? It means that I'm coming to God, I'm laying it before him, and I'm saying, God, you see where my areas of weakness are. You see where my shortcomings are. God, you see the things that so constantly trip me up, mess me up. You see the things that I need to lay before you. God, I need you to cleanse me first. And now we get to the next part, be renewed. See, the first part about washing is is all God's job. God washes. We come to him with a dirty, messed up life and say, God, I need you to wash me. He washes. Now comes the part where we walk with him hand in hand, be renewed. Be renewed means that I am coming to the word. I'm coming to, uh, uh, to a place where I'm reading the Bible. And there are going to be hard things that you read in scripture that you do not agree with and you do not like. But either we can go back to the old because there's things in the Bible that I don't like. Or we can look and say, God, I know that this is going to be a hard road, and I know that there's going to be parts of me that have to get rubbed off, that have to, man, they have to, they, they got to get sand, like, man, there's going to be some sparks that fly. But God, I know that in order for my heart to go from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh, I have to allow you to do the work that you want to do and that you need to do, and I know that it's not going to be an easy process. I know, that it's, I know that there's going to be some changes that you have to make, that it's going to take me time to get there. It's going to take me continually doing the same thing over and over again, getting into the Word, getting into prayer, joining a connect group, getting people around you that can help sharpen you, getting people around you that can help you and and look at you and say, man, the way that you just blew up at your wife, that was not right, bro. Like, that's not okay. The, The way that you just handled that situation, like, 
I have the relationship with you now because we've been in community together, and now I can speak to you in a way that's going to be a little bit harsh, but it's because there's some growth that needs to happen. For some of us, God is calling all of us to new things. God is going to constantly call you into new, and it's constantly going to be a thing of a place that you are uncomfortable and you're unqualified for. Because God's good at that. He's famous for it. He, he is famous for doing that, looking and saying like, all right, I'm going to call you to this place, and it's going to require you to grow a lot. But you're going to look back and say, man, God, I'm so glad that you took me through that fire. God, I'm so glad that you refined me. And for some of us, we've been in this place of renewal, but the problem is, is that we haven't stepped out into the next new that God has for us. We're still stuck. We've gotten to this like in-between place. This is actually my second set of golf clubs. The first ones before this had a uniflex shaft, which means that I could sit here and go like this with it, and you would see that thing waggling like a dog's tail, in the, like a dog's tail, like just bending like crazy. And I had to learn how to hit these. And I'm having to remind myself with these that I got through learning these so I can get through learning these. So, so with God, I have to remember what God has already done in my life, the fire that he's already brought me through, the process that he's already done in me, the new that he's already called me to that I didn't think I was qualified for, that I didn't think I was ready for, that I didn't think I was holy enough for, that I didn't think, and I look at all of those things and I go, God, you brought me through that. You'll bring me through this. God, you're the one doing the new all I have to do is simply supply my heart and walk through the process. That's all I have to do. Supply my heart and walk through the process. God's the one that's doing the pushing. God's the one that's doing the, I feel the pressure. God's the one applying the pressure. Because that's how you turn stone into flesh, apparently. That's what the Bible says. I've never tried it. I'm not strong enough. But I've seen what's happening in my heart. I've seen what's happened in the hearts of people around me. And God is wanting to do something new in us, and God is going to call you to something new. For some of you, that may be that he is going to call you to lead a connect group. Yes, I'm going to plug it right now. I'm the connections pastor. And I'm going to tell you right now, June 6th, during second service, we're going to be having a meeting in the youth room, and we're going to be talking about being a connect group leader. I'm going to give you a picture, I'm going to give you an overview, and I'm going to show you that you can be a connect group leader. And my challenge to you between now and then would be, God, are you challenging me to step out and lead a group? God, are you challenging me? And if you want to, if you say yes, I'm going to invite you June 6th to come in this room right here during set. We're actually going to start a little bit before second service. It's going to start at like, you know, 1045. We're going to start in this room. And we're going to be talking about being a connect group leader. What does that look like? Can you do it? If you've ever asked yourself, could I lead a connect group? Pray between now and then. And I'm going to challenge you to be there if you feel like that's something that God is going to lay on your heart. Maybe God is calling you to step out with another leader to start a new group, to be a support for someone 
to lead a new group. Because a huge part of this renewal process is me allowing godly people to speak into my life who can see from the outside. Because just like I can't smell my nasty breath, but everybody else can, I need everybody else in my life to be able to tell me, like, dude, at least put, like, some gum or a mint in your mouth, please. And for me, it's usually coffee. Like, that's the worst. I drink coffee, and then you know how your breath gets after you drink coffee. Like, I I need a mint right now. I can taste it. I'm not going to lie. I'll be honest. I'm glad you guys are as far away as you are, because I feel like my breath smells like coffee right now. But you need people like that in your life. And so for some of us, it's stepping out of the group that I've been in for a few years now into a place of something new and trusting that God is going to do something. Trusting that God is going to do something new and that the old is still going to be old, faithful, and comfortable. But the new is something that God's calling me to that's going to be so much better once I finally give in to him. Maybe it's leading in a ministry. Maybe it's serving in ministry. But there, there are so many different news that God wants to call you into. So maybe it's signing up for growth track and saying like, hey, I'm going to commit. And you're like, Pastor Matt, you don't understand. Like the weather is finally turning nice. And now you're going to ask me to give up five Wednesday nights in a row. But the weather's nice. The weather's nice. I'm going to ask you to give up five Wednesday nights to trust that God's going to do something in those five Wednesday nights in you. And beyond that, because then after that, when you get plugged in and start serving and you get to see how God wants to use you in the lives of other people, oh man, that's the new. That's the new. That's the fruit. There've been a couple times that I've hit this and when I've caught it, oh man, right in the center of the face. Oh it feels so much better than the old. Like, it doesn't make a sound. I don't feel it in my hands. And, man, you just catch it and you watch it go, and I'm like, oh, that's what can be. <laughs> but man, that's the same thing with God. There's moments as, you're t- as God's taking you into something new, you get just that little glimpse of, oh, man, God, that's what, you- that's what it is. That's what it looks like. The biggest thing should be like people coming to Christ. Man, that's what can be. That's what God wants to do. That's what, wait, God, you wanted to change me for the better of me so that I can better other people. That's what this whole process is about. God, you want to change me to better me so that I can make a change in the lives of people. Man, if you don't walk away hearing anything else that I just said today, just take that. Just take that, that God is calling you to new things so that he can change you, so that he can make a difference in the lives of other people. The last thing we see right here in Ephesians is stick with the new. We've kind of talked about this already. It'd be really easy to go back to this. But the second that I go back to this, I abandon all the progress that was made with the new. It's going to be easy to go back to what's comfortable. It's going to go, be easy to go back to what's convenient. But that's not, that's not what it's about. That's not what it's about. I'm going to close with two scriptures. And we're going to look over them real quick. 
Colossians 4, 2 through 4 says this. If you want to know why God wants to do something new in you, here's the process of why. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us, too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about this mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. One, devote yourselves to prayer. You want to know what God is trying to do new in you? One, devote yourself to prayer. Two, have an alert mind. In other words, be looking for the new. Be looking for it. Be looking for the opportunities that he wants to use you in. Three, have a thankful heart. God wants to take you from having the old to, for, to let go of the old so that we can grow in the new. But I must let go of the old to grow in the new. As I let go of it, now I begin to look like Jesus. And Jesus was all about people. People were the mission. People are the mission. And, and, and how many times do we look for those opportunities that Christ wants us to do something? Second, second one. This is the, a key to to being ready for those. Colossians 4, 5 through 6. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Notice he doesn't say, go hide yourself in your home and pray the world changes. He says, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Does the way that I talk and come across seem as full of grace and attractive to people that want to come to Christ? Jesus was all about loving people. This was Jesus new. This is a new way of thinking. Thinking about others before I think about myself, that's not normal. You want to know one of the ways that I feel like the Bible is real is because it calls us to do stuff that isn't normal. It's not human nature. Man, thinking about others more highly than myself. Love is a mix of truth and grace, just like Jesus. You look at Jesus, he's a picture of truth and grace. You can't have love without grace, but you can't have love without truth. You want to know what having wise conversation looks like? It looks like this. Knowing the measure of grace someone needs versus the measure of truth someone needs. And the closer you get to Christ, the less grace I need, the more truth I need to be able to shave off what's going on inside of me. Just like this forgives a lot, I can hit it anywhere. This one, I gotta be right here. And it's gonna show me the truth of what's going on in my life. When we treat other people that way, do we treat other people like they know Jesus and they need a lot of truth? Or do we treat the world around us with so much grace that there's still truth there? We should not and cannot abandon the truth. The gospel in and of itself should be offensive because it is contrary to everything around us. But 
do we have so much grace that it attracts people to the truth? We were sitting in a restaurant not long ago. Well, it's been a couple years ago now, and I remember we had an intern from North Point that was here. And we were sitting in the restaurant. It was me, Pastor Shane, and this intern. And we're sitting there, and then our waitress comes over. She looks, and he looks at her, and he goes, Hey, what do you need me to pray with you about? And I'm just sitting there, and you could see her face change. And she goes, What? I'm, 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 I'm all set. All right? I'm, I'm, I'm all set. Thank you. He goes, no, seriously, like, I'm going to pray for you. What do you want me to pray about? And you could see her face, like, she got so uncomfortable. She's like, no, I'm all set. And she walked away. And I just looked at him. And it was one of those moments where the Holy Spirit just hit. And I said, you asked the wrong question to start. And he goes, what do you mean? And at that time, she walked back over. She's covered in tattoos. And I looked at her, and I said, I said, I noticed you have a lot of tattoos. I said, which one's your favorite one? And you could see like her face change. She goes, oh, she goes, I just got this one. And I couldn't tell you what it was to this day. But she goes, I got it because my, my, my aunt is struggling with cancer. She actually raised me. I, I've grown up with her. Um, she, she's been like a mom to me and she's struggling with cancer. And I got it because I, I want to look down at it and remember her and, and I want to, and I looked at her and I said, man, I said, can I pray for your aunt right now? Can I, can I pray for her? Yeah, yeah, you can, pr please pray for her. And we prayed and I gave her my card and I said, listen, I would love to hear from you. I would love for you to come and visit us on a Sunday. I want to know how your aunt is doing. Please let me know. A lot of times we want to treat the world like we treat the church. But when we look at how Jesus did it, this process of sanctification, looking more like him, going through the new, for some of us softening our heart so that we don't have a heart of religious stone that's very easy to have. Like, I'm going to be honest, it's easy for me to fall into that sometimes. A heart of that's soft for people, that sees the broken people around me and says, man, they need a ton of grace. They need a ton of grace. They need the truth, but it's got to have grace in front of it. Just like Jesus, with the, you look at the way Jesus interacted with people. Jesus with the woman at the well told her about the words of life before he told her about her sin. Jesus with the woman that was caught in adultery and brought before him. Man, I want to know what Jesus scribbled in the sand. That's one of those questions I can't wait to ask him when I get to heaven. Like, Jesus, did you start writing the sin of all the religious people that were standing behind them, acting like they were so holy and so righteous? Like, did you start writing their sins down? Or like, what did you write in that sand that made them all drop their stones and walk away? Like, you look at the way that Jesus interacted with sinners, and it was so much grace that it convicts me and says, man, do I look at the world and say, I don't see how the world can believe that, or I can't believe the world did this, or do I look and I say, man, I see broken people that need Jesus, and they need a change. They need something new, and that new is Jesus. That new is the power of the Holy Spirit speaking into their lives. That new is, is me having a heart of flesh that isn't hardened towards them, but says, man, I want to give them grace and I want to give them truth and I want to give them love and I want them to know Jesus because he's made a change in me and this is the new that he's called me to. That is the new. That is that, oh 
man, that's what could be. That's what could be. But I got to let him make the new change in me so that I can see that happen. God, we thank you for today. God, I thank you that you're that the Bible says that your mercies are made new every day. That God, you love new so much that you give me new mercy every day. God, you see that you are calling each one of us to something new. God, you are calling each one of us to something to soften our hearts, to make us more like you so that we can reach new people with the new love that you have for them. God, I pray that you give us opportunities as we walk out this week. God, opportunities to step into the new that you have for us, whether that means refining something in us, becoming a leader, joining growth track, God, going into our workplace and speaking the truth of your word and the love of your word and the grace of your word. God, whether it's doing that with our families, God, you see the new that you're calling each one of us to. God, I pray that you give us opportunity to do that. God, that you help us to have an alert mind, open eyes, prepared to see the things that you're calling us to, the new that you're asking of us. And God, that you help us to see people around us as needing you, as needing your mercy and your grace and your truth. God, help us to see and seize every opportunity to speak your new into people's lives. God, multiply this week in what we do and in what we say and in who you're calling us to be. God, help us to be the church that makes a difference in the world around us. We love you. We thank you. Praise you. Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that this message encouraged and inspired you in your journey with Christ. For more information, you can visit our website at th.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Tower Hill NH. To give online, you can go to th.church/giving. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.